0: All right, great. Well, uh, so this is a little episode of Full Metal RPG that we're doing. It's, like, not really an episode episode. It's kind of more just, like, a informal thing where we're hanging out and we're uh, going through a character creation. So sort of, like, inspired by the episode of um, uh, Apocalypse World that we did where we kind of, like, went through just doing, like, a, a world-building session and how much that kind of revealed about what that game was about. Now, um... We're all we're all gathered here today because we're getting ready to do the big, uh, you know, V five episode, and so we've all read V five and uh, c- character creation. And this one's kind of weird, right? It's like it's it's a little bit different than you might expect if you're an old school World of Darkness guy like me, but it's also kind of familiar. But it's also it, it feels a little more complicated. So uh, we're all just gonna crack out some characters, kind of see how it goes, and uh, who we got here today. We got, of course. On the Wheels of Steel, we got we got Richard. What up, Richard? How you doing?
1: Not much, man. Just uh, trying to make sure the levels are all good.
0: Solid, solid. And then uh, we're joined by uh, August uh, uh, podcasting personality uh, Chris Handley from Dark Days Radio. What up?
2: Hey, yeah, I'm here to uh, guide you through this process because uh, I seem to have done this more than you guys, so I will expedite the process for you
0: anything more than zero is more than I've done so this this is this is great I'm glad I'm glad that somebody here actually knows what they're doing which is the, <laughs> yeah. that means we'll, we will actually end up with vampire characters at the end of this and then we're also joined by uh Paul what up Paul how you doing
3: I'm doing well how are you
0: doing great and you're gonna be uh joining us on the um oh Paul's gone uh-huh. oh, I was Paul just vanished. <laughs> right? we'll, see.
1: We'll, we'll we'll wait a second see if we get back but he is it,
0: uh, it's a uh, it's it's like lost, it's like lost or something. It's Just gone.
1: Smoke monster for no yeah. reason whatsoever that will never <laughs> be explained. Uh-
2: <laughs> so, ah. so with character creation with this, right? Are you, yes, you, you're ideally like, like giving you starting from scratch on this. Uh, we're just going to keep to the the core rule book. No weirdness from you know the anarch or Camarilla books and nothing from uh, cult. Cults of the Blood Gods that has the Hecata in there. I can't I
0: can't play La Sombra? I can't play La Sombra in
2: this? Uh, La Sombra isn't in the core book. The core book is the classic the classic yeah, I have. I have uh, Chicago by Night right
0: oh,
2: here. Oh, you've got Chicago by Night by the, there, then that's that's awesome. Then use it. Awesome. I mean, they're, they're a totally I'm, I'm... valid option now uh, for Camarilla players or or that kind of setting because the La Sombra have uh... Um, wholesale join the Camarilla.
0: I, I, uh, I uh, am going to be that guy who, right at the beginning of the character creation, just as like blurts it out, like, I'm going to play La Sombra. I'm playing La Sombra. Dibs. <laughs> so I got my book, and I'm playing that. That's what I'm going to play. Uh, so how, how should we get started? Do we just kind of... Should we... Here, I guess we should open up our books to the beginning of the character creation section, because they always have like a good like two-page breakdown, right?
2: Uh, yeah, so like page 136. And I've also got, oh, got open <laughs> for me as well. Um, I've also got open what? for me the um, the errata, because there is the free errata that you can download that has any uh, adjustments um, to this.
0: So oh, hey, yeah, uh, here we go. Paul, there's Paul, always are you back?
2: Paul,
3: <laughs> I'm back. Hopefully that was not a sign of things to come. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> Just making sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> So, okay, so they're saying we should start with our core concept. And what was your character's name? What did they do? And then we should go on to uh, Clan and Sire. So, uh, Chris, let's uh, um, kind of pretend like you're the GM, sort of. Yeah, so we sure. have some context for that, right? So yeah. what, like, kind of maybe, like, pitch us, like, a rhetorical game that we are making uh, characters for.
2: Uh, okay, let's uh, let's have a th- think and actually part of the uh, i'm gonna i want to have a quick there's some there's also some stuff that's quite useful there's uh, a page on one, 195 which is coterie cre- uh, creation and what that has if you flick through that section and then to page 198 as well towards 198, 198 it has types of coteries that you might be interested in playing so oh yeah kind of like a group template so Keeping that in mind will help you tailor your characters so they actually function together, rather than being a dysfunctional collection of characters that, when you get to gameplay, they're likely just going to stab each other in the back and cut each other's throats and shit down their necks, that kind of thing. Right. So um, that
0: is so, kind of one of the features of the new game, huh? Is that it does sort of it does at least. Rather than just like writing in one line, like you guys should probably try and get together and shit and like not fucking kill each other. It actually kind of gives you not what you would call like a super mechanical advantage for getting along, but at least gives you like a reason why you're getting along in the beginning.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's tons of cool concepts here that are more than valid now, especially with uh with like cults of the blood gods being out to Kickstarter backers and soon out on general sale. Like a blood cult, you can basically be uh worshippers either of a cult that you've created yourself, or you know, you're worshipping one of the many Methuselahs such as Mithras and um and so forth. Uh you've got like a um, nomads who travel between cities, that's kind of cool. Uh, that off- obviously is going to offer certain um, challenges. Uh, you've got, uh, what's this one? Uh, <coughs> Regency, an elder of the Camarilla chose you or created a coterie to guard their legacy while they were uh, beckoned away into the Middle East. So, uh, you yeah, know, the bec- the beckoning is this huge event where elders got summoned by the Antediluvians and el- and other Mithusalists to fight for them in the Grave War. So there's lots of cool stuff you can play here.
0: I, I do like the concept of regency coterie. Um, I will say, as my preferences, I am uh, attracted to Fang Gang, which is kind of you know. I'm not loving the way that that was you know put together. I'm, and I, but I am taken with Fang Fang Gang and Blood Cult. Uh, so, Richard and uh, Paul, what do you guys think? What do you? What's calling you in terms of coterie creation here?
1: I, I like. Well, the- for
3: me, I think you called it right on. I those are probably the three that would attract me as well i the regency thing sets it it just kind of depends on what type of game you want to play the regency thing sets it up nicely for trying to like maintain the status quo against the outside force um you know i think you know the Fangang and the other is a little more subversive to what's going on which is always fun so
0: yeah i, I can see playing a lissombra in any one of these and having it create like different um problems and different dramatic tensions so, um, Richard, what are your thoughts? Are there any of those in particular that you're feeling?
1: Um, I, I like all of these. These are great options. I think uh, I would. I kind of like the idea of the either the Blood Cult or the Fang Gang. I mean, the Regency lo- sounds like a lot of fun, and that sounds like a great like long term game for sure. And I mean, like real long-term like years and years where the fan gang and the blood cult tend seem to have like lovely death spirals kind of built into the idea. So, uh, I think, I think I would go with, uh, uh, fan gang over blood cult, but that's only because, uh, you know, I don't, Oh uh, no if we have enough time to build a blood <laughs> talk about all the intricacies of building a cult too so. yeah.
0: Well, we, we don't, yeah we don't have to get into all the details of the cult but like my vote would have been for blood cult over fang gang because fang gang is very going to be very kind of similar to like tally the hound from uh you know Sh- Chicago by night and it's like as much as that's like a classic la sombra concept i kind of would like to do something that kind of evokes a little bit of kind of the old Sabbath, with uh where it's like oh hey we're these priest guys or whatever but like isn't that also at the same time so we'll leave it to paul to cast the deciding vote what do you think man fang gang or blood cult
3: who i think between the two of them i actually like the fangang gang better
2: for that but cool okay but that decision made that helps obviously direct things so the other thing to note with uh, coterie creation it says on page 195 is that each player uh get contributes automatically by being part of a coterie a one free dot to the coterie pool and then players can also contribute some of their advan- uh, advantage dots at the tail in the character creation into that pool so you're going to need to have at least um let's see one two three four you need to have at least four or more coterie dots points to spend to get the advantages that Fangang give you. So you've got domain which has a few uh, attributes to it, which is to do about the size of it, the quality of it, uh, whether it's um, safe for you to use as a haven. You've then got contacts, so you know your fences, your middlemen, your your street level dealers. However, you want to style your gang because they may be drug dealers, they may be uh, you know uh, doing some sort of back uh, back you know black market kind of um, dealing of just goods rather than just drugs or they may be doing something even worse than that depends and then the other thing you get the dots for which you therefore get for free well you get as part of that uh, the two dots is enemies so you get to kind of say well as a gang you've got some enemies that may be some rival mortal gangs uh, or some rival vampire gangs that obviously are trying to muscle in on your business. And that obviously immediately gives um, character to your group. And you immediately think of, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, we, we've got a club that we use as our front. Uh, you you clearly are the muscly vampire. So, you know, you act as the doorman when we're not doing any day-to-day vampire-y type stuff that involves, like, you know, vampire politics, You're normal nightly business is you're just the doorman but you've got certain certain special skills and advantages because you're liam neeson no but the point (laughs) is that it immediately you know focuses in on how you want to play and
0: yeah i dig it i dig it now we have to sacrifice uh advantage dots in order to get this right yeah you're gonna need our
2: pools Someone is going to have to sacrifice at least one advantage point, so you've got enough points in the pool to buy all of the things associated with that. But I would suggest that all players sacrifice at least one dot because the other dots you can use to build those things. Like you could buy some more contacts, or you could buy uh, some lackeys, you know, some some henchmen and things like that. So just keep that in mind for character creation. We'll get there eventually, and obviously you're going to gain. Uh, other stuff with um, you know flaws and merits. Flaws and merits compared to classic World of Darkness, of course, you can, is very hard to min-max. Um, it's a lot harder to min-max in this game. Right. Uh, so, any so we'll, other questions? We'll, so we'll just kind of put a
0: pin, kind of knowing that we aren't going to be able to spend all of our advantages right away, because we are going to yeah. have to kind of tie the sum to the group. We've decided on Fangang. I've called dibs on Lasombra. Does anybody else have any like, like clan, sh- like shit they want to call dibs on? What are you guys thinking? What are you guys thinking?
1: I was thinking of uh, maybe a Gangrel street artist was kind of my concept I had been rolling around in my head, so like I think that fits pretty well in in a in a Fang gang. So,
3: I was just say I was thinking either Gangrel or bruha, so I think that works out.
2: Cool, cool. All right, uh, great. Yeah, so. um With that, uh, obviously you've got your clan concept in there, and you've mostly got a concept of kind of what type of character, kind of mortal they were uh, when you were playing. So the first thing in all of this always comes back to then, once you've picked your clan, is uh, to... There's a bit here where you create a relationship map between your characters, so you can build up, like, how they know each other and whether they trust each other or how well they trust each other. Something about your sire like maybe you share the same sire if you're from the same clan or or something like that. Uh, you know, you get the idea. So you you, will, you should also be at the same time as you're doing your characters, have this sheet that you're drawing lines between characters. And that obviously helps with focusing what you're doing. But the main thing then next up is attributes. And I'm just checking the errata because there's some pages where it's wrong and some pages where it's right. So it says here you take uh, one attribute to have four dots in it, uh, one attribute uh three sorry one four dots three attributes at three dots uh and then uh four attributes at two and one attribute at one uh obviously this is a this is one way of picking attributes but there are slightly other distributions you can use depending upon how focused or specialized you want your character to be so um let's see is there the example i'm just trying to see it here I
0: kind of like this one in that it uh, is kind of like it kind of it kind of sums down the math that you would have done with when you were playing vampire back in the day. And but but it frees you from that primary, secondary, tertiary model where uh, that constrained the math that if you were playing in a certain way, then there were only certain combinations that you were ever going to have. You know what I'm saying? So characters became kind of samey-samey after a while. If you're like, oh, I really like to play social characters. Like, is this the social character where I'm having, like, foreign manipulation? Or am I having, like, four in, uh... I guess maybe this, that's why manipulation was a skill. But, like, four in charisma or four in, in something else? And, yeah. uh... This this is this really moves it around because they they know that you're gonna make certain choices anyway, but they have freed you from like having to put them in these columns. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah,
2: sure. And like on page one four seven there's th- there's the three uh alternative ways of picking, they're called jack of all trades. So you've got a much more even spread. Uh you've got balanced, which is maybe skewed one way compared to another, and then you've got specialist where it's heavily skewed. So, you know, you've got um, you've got uh, and that's that's on skills actually more than attributes but the point is is that again it's guiding you on how you pick your, your skills so yeah um, pick your attributes um, obviously attributes if you've played classic World of Darkness there are some changes on attributes you'll be like what the hell's going on why isn't appearance an attribute because appearance was a shitty attribute to have um, <laughs> that, it was a yeah. ridiculous thing <laughs> Um, Thank
0: god they got rid of that It was always so confusing with the Nosferatu And like the Zero It's like what does that mean You know it's like getting rid of that I mean that that alone uh, Improved the game
2: So if you play Chronicles of Darkness The attributes will look surprisingly familiar (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is a good thing (laughs) So yeah yeah, pick your attributes then and obviously, from these some of the attributes will lead to you deriving your health, deriving your willpower score. Uh, cool. yeah, so there you go.
0: so so, uh, I'm thinking I'm probably gonna play some kind of like uh, a sombrabra manipulator type. Like I'm probably not gonna play like a big I, let's let's just let's just say I'm gonna go like in like like with the grain on this la character, and I won't be playing some big bruiser or something. So, I'll play kind of like a sneaky Lusambra manipulator. I'm invi- involved in crime. I kind of like this fangang idea that we're sort of like the liaison between the um, establishment and the criminal world. Uh, I, I, I don't like the idea necessarily that we are like our own entity and like the mafia wants to take us out. I think I like the idea that we kind of work with both the prince and the underworld.
2: Um, yeah and that that kind of makes sense because like you being a la sombra um, means that likely your sire will have joined the the local Camarilla as part of the the deal that has been made they basically sold out a lot of their elders uh, as part of that deal so you're kind of young enough that it doesn't affect you too much and you've you know obviously been brought along for the ride uh, and or or at least more recently um embraced so for you, you know you've you actually known shit about this the sabbat and you know pretty much fuck all about the Camarilla because the Camarilla now in the new setting have retracted they're very much an elite social group so before the Camarilla had this whole thing of like ah, oh, all vampires are members of our vampire uh uh nation that's gone like if you're if you're not invited then you're not and if you're not invited you're mostly one of the anarchs or some other group
0: sick sick so so what do you guys think like uh you guys have cast some character concepts richard you were saying uh like a street artist like what what kind of direction are you thinking about going yeah
1: it's kind of a a wits intelligence kind of character um with with a higher I, i like that i can put these kind of dots in separate bins unlike the old world of darkness stuff so like i mean it probably would end up being the same but like uh, you know, I got uh, high wit wits, uh uh you know, that's my strongest suit, and then intelligence and charisma and dexterity, and then kind of coming down to like, well, I just need kind of strength and stamina, and then I'm clearly don't have a that lot of composure. That's that that's why I was like, you know what? I suspect he's gonna be kind of the flighty <laughs> flighty character. So <laughs>
2: That sounds like my wife's uh, malcavian character that she was playing who in some respects was slightly Charlie from um, from always sunny so <laughs> you know highly wired highly intelligent but really a short fuse um
0: yep exactly
2: <laughs> probably what, what about this. you
0: Paul what what are you thinking what, what, what kind of what kind of direction do you want to go
3: yeah so I was thinking kind of leaning a little more into like the punk concept with it but you know hence you know Bruja and all. So I was kind of going with that idea of like kind of the, I, I guess I initially had a thought of something a little more subversive than maybe initially what we were going for, but kind of like, I think they call it like the trolling punk in the book, but
0: no, let's, um, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that because we, we we're still in the kind of gestation period where nothing is really written in stone. And uh, so Richard's already said his character is a street artist I'm kind of thinking that maybe my character was, uh, like, uh, uh, let's go with a street level concept for my character too. So I won't be the kind of, I'll still be a sneaky Lasombra, but I won't be the kind that's like wearing suits and ties and that kind of shit. We can do a cool street level thing. So a punk sounds cool. How, how do you want to go about doing that?
3: So I wanted to do it like, you know, as opposed to going to like the bruiser kind of thing, do it more like the manipulation, like really leaning into like the punk, like the music punk of like, you know, speaking out against authority and, you know, the status quo and all that. And of going with that. I don't know. It just seemed interesting.
0: OK, OK. So, uh, you know what? I think I'm, you know I'm going to do since we've had this kind of time to kind of talk and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. I'm going to go back to the core concept step where it says that we need to come up with the name of our character. I'm going to go ahead and reprise an old La NPC I used to use back in the the glorious 90s whose name (laughs) was was Ian Stitch. And I'm going to be Ian Stitch, but this is going to be me like rebuilding him as like a 2020s character. And uh, I'm going to say that in his mortal life, he was uh, an Instagram influencer. What do you think of that? That sounds Um, sounds like like a
2: shitty enough person to be picked up by the (laughs) (laughs) sombra.
0: Yeah, right? And I'm going to say, like, I was, like, an Instagram influencer who uh, used – who, like, kind of leveraged his sort of, like, fashionista kind of, like, um, clout to – and his, like, connections into the party world, right – uh, to develop all these kind of, like, underworld contacts, right? I'm like a Brett Easton Ellis character or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, maybe that's why I was embraced, because I have this uh, kind of a cult of personality behind me, and because I'm very good with, like, contemporary technology, um, and then that would bring me into contact with the street artist being played by Richard and the punk musician being played by Paul. Do you guys have any additional details that you want to give to your characters since we're kind of riffing right now?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see uh, why we, we, I mean, it would be kind of interesting if we were all kind of the same. Well, I mean, I was trying to think of whether we were all kind of the same vampiric age. Like we were all kind of like kind of brought together by somebody else to kind of like, maybe your your sire or whatever got some people to get got some other sires together to like we we need like this subversive uh crew to do some you know outreach you know make sure something happens in the uh, in the mortal world and we kind of stuck together right
2: yeah it's it's easy to understand that like a group of out of touch elders uh you know i say elders but you know like uh Who are behind the times are gonna would recognise the value of having their children grouped together because they have contemporary knowledge. I will raise the issue that playing the Lusombra uh, influencer has its challenges, given that Lusombra Bane is related to technology and they have issues with modern technology.
0: <laughs> Man, so, of course, of course, I didn't read that part. <laughs> uh,
2: but you know that that may work into how your character like now feels as a vampire. Like you know, in some respects is work is harder, but then possibly now does things rather is an old is becoming much more of an old school influencer, like in the clubs and the and the um, and out and about rather than just doing everything online.
0: Yeah, I, I think that maybe kind of what's going on with my character is less, uh, is, is, that, is that because of what's going on with my supernatural meme,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: now am having to change from being a, um, like having the camera on myself to yeah. trying to shift uh, onto other people. And on some level, I'm both a literal vampire in that I literally drink blood. I'm also a figurative vampire in that I kind of peddle fame and success and then exploit people. You know what I'm saying?
3: Sure. And also what would be more, you know, a better analogy for the dam for a social media influencer than not being able to appear on TikTok?
1: Yeah. True. <laughs> true that.
0: True that. So, okay, great. Well, um, so do you have any ideas about your street art, uh, Richard? Like what, what does it, where does it come from? What does it look like? And then I guess the same question for your, uh, for your music, Paul, like, where are we kind of feeling here?
1: Um, I think, like, I was going to go with kind of the, um, graffiti, uh, was going to be his game. Uh, I, you know, there's, it will always evolve, like, all artistic endeavors, so who knows where it'll end up, but I, I was kind of thinking of, like, doing some, because stencil, you know, he, he's kind of like, he doesn't want to be Banksy, because he he's, like, thinks stencils are for losers, so, um he he he's trying to go with more of a, a free form and maybe try to do more abstract uh graffiti that kind of when you stand back makes a coherent thing but when you look closely it looks kind of just like a regular wall kind of thing like a regular graffitied, like poorly graffitied wall kind of thing so
0: i cool. mean for
3: mine i was going i was just pretty much going straight at at three chords and the truth and you know
0: oh so, so you're like an old school style kind of punk band
3: Uh, Like something, you know, like from like 80s punk, kind of that era of, you know, just going straight at it.
0: All right. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Okay, great. So now we have our core concepts and our, uh, I think, do do your characters have names or do you guys kind of, I sometimes like to name at the very end. So like, I can see if you guys maybe don't have names yet. I think it's kind of odd that they make you name your character right at the front. That's kind of like.
1: I usually don't do that, but in this case, I've already named him Javier, so
3: Okay. Uh, I went with Billy Brand. Cool.
0: Cool. All right. Cool. So now. Uh, I've are, skill- oh, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. Go ahead. You were saying?
2: You got your skill distribution, is the next one. So uh, you've got three distributions there you can pick from.
0: Ooh, shoo, ooh, ooh. Uh, have you guys chosen your attributes? Have you put in the dots yet?
2: I have, but. Uh, I'm- have you
0: guys filled in the dots? I have not filled in the dots.
3: On the attributes? Yeah. Yeah, I did.
0: Ah, fuck, man. I'm like, way behind. Do you guys think I should be more charisma or more manipulation? That's stupid. I'm going to be more manipulation. All right.
1: I was like, clearly. All
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you guys go ahead and talk about your characters while I'm doing this. Uh, this, will, this will take me a second.
1: So so the new skills there that you can either kind of like pick a package right that's the kind of jack of all trades thing or is that
2: uh no you've got you've got skilled distributions but then also there are some sample profession packages which will again in that kind of life path kind of uh method means you can pick it and it immediately tells you where you should uh place dots and that will then that will spend some of your your points allocation on your uh, skills. So and there's and then the further along again there's actually um uh the way you can do uh character creation is there's actually a further method which is where you where you choose your skills and instead it goes through like asking you well what's your professional skill what's the thing you're trained at what's the skill that you learnt? through your life experiences what is the skill that you've learned through your your leisure skills and what are the extra skills so there's actually quite a few different ways that this book presents how you choose your skills there is no one true way like uh, it's essentially trying to make you think hard about where you want to put those dots so like uh, let's take for example I think this is mostly the the one that's uh makes sense for um for Richard uh, for Richie heres um uh artist. Uh, So you could have craft or performance at three dots, insight at three dots, academics at two dots, and awareness or occult at two dots. And that's already some of your dots spent up. Uh, Whereas, say, uh, for Brendan, you've got socialite, which would be performance or technology at three dots, finance at three dots, insight at two dots, and etiquette or subterfuge at two dots. So you can immediately see how that leads you uh, quite quickly to getting a lot of character creation done.
0: Yeah, I like that too. What's the socialite one again? Uh, that's on page 145. 145? Okay, great. Thank you. And then and then we just deduct those from our ordinarily uh, allotment of stats, right?
2: Uh, yeah, so it's like, you can choose, where is it? It says you can, with vampire traits, uh, blah, 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 che- pick your attributes, uh, then uh, choose your skills, skills of the way, blah, that's all, blah, blah, blah. You can either use quick skills assignment which is one way, uh, which is the, the the packages that we talked about, the jack of all trades, balance of specialist, or you can do this kind of life path uh, method, which I've just described, where you choose a professional oh. skill and a life event and a leisure yeah, skill. I'm,
0: I'm doing this one. I'm doing the life path. I think this well, is do cool.
2: That. That's on page 145. So it's, it's that simple. But I think ultimately you'll end up with the same amount of dots spread through your character.
0: Yeah, this is cool as fuck. All right, great. So do you, I'm do a socialite. One?
3: do each one of these the professional the life
2: event the leisure and the extra skills right yeah you can do that rather than you can go through this process rather than quicking the the quick packages i mean it'll end up with effectively the same results but you know it just guides you a bit more so if you're doing the professional skill for your artist you know you're mostly going to pick three dots for art uh for craft art and then pick two dots for academics because you most really have researched different artists and styles and methods
3: i really like this because it 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 guides you a little better and so you don't and again it kind of gets you away from the min maxing that you talked about earlier of it, it it makes you focus a little more on different things than
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah, and uh, if, you're, if you're being like a uh, like a, well, I'm gonna go ahead and kind of gatekeep a little bit here. I'm gonna say if you're being like a good vampire player and you're not like just trying to like be like oh Silver edge katanas and that shit, and you're like really <laughs> trying to play a fucking character, there's only there's certain things that you're gonna take just anyway, right? Like, and everybody's yeah. gonna take certain things. And I like how it kind of guides you because you might not know how uh, you know a socialite thinks. This is kind of neat. I like this a lot
2: um and then like say paul you've got what mafioso uh no that's that that's uh, that's mafia stuff you are play more of a punk so i mean again you could go with artist or you could go with something that's in between say artist and junkie god what else <laughs> you could be a junkie i mean what what, junkie, you
0: know, like that's not yeah that's uh what could be more punk
3: that's that's kind of what i was doing was combining the artist and the junkie and making sure the
2: numbers balance out exactly right so you can look at those and see what skills and what fit each of those kind of kind of like professions uh experiences and then just go through the life path system and and you know fit the dots to those also remember when you're picking your skills um you get one free speciality in any of your skills but also if you take academics craft performance or and science skills you get a speciality in those as well for free so, so, wait, so wait, say that again so so say so say you make a character mm-hmm. you get to choose one skill to have a speciality so that's going to give you a bonus in game with your dice pool but also if you have any dots whatsoever in academics craft performance and science skills, each one of those skill sets gets a speciality automatically as well. Okay. So perfect, say, perfect. I took, I could say, say I took academics and craft, I get two specialties, one in each of those, and I get another speciality just as basic to spend anywhere else I want. That could also be still in one of the skills that already has a speciality. So essentially it's rewarding you for the fact that academic skills and science skills are very context dependent and may not come up as frequently as brawl where you're punching the living shit out of someone.
1: Yeah, I took uh, for athletics. I took parkour because he runs uh, from the cops. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like I could have said run from the cops, but I was like, well, it was more like practicing parkour to get away from the cops. <laughs>
2: plus, it's how you. Plus, it's mostly how your character gets to uh, really hard to reach places to tag them and do street art. Yep, exactly. So. Exactly. Get up on those bridges.
1: Yep. Got to get on the bridges, get on the uh, up on those uh, the big signs on top of buildings. You know, sides of buildings is fun, too. So, yeah. And then it looks like the, the professional packages kind of – they do the professional skills and then the – well, that, it's just the professional skills, and then the life event skills is separate. So it looks like we get two skills with three dots and two skills with two dots, which covers the. Those yeah, packages. it does
2: professional. Yeah, it does professional and life event skills. Uh, it doesn't cover leisure skill, and it doesn't cover extra skills. Right.
0: So uh, it looks like we get two life event skills. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right.
0: So one at three dots and one at two dots. Yeah. Interesting.
2: So that could represent the fact that you may know Brawl from like being beaten as a kid by a parent, and obviously you learned to end yourself until the point where you actually fought back and succeeded.
0: Oh, oh so we can just choose whatever we want because they have this sample events one, but those are just samples, so we just choose two. Oh, that's great. All right. Um, I will go ahead and choose persuasion as my three. No, you know what? Because of my whole my whole idea is that I built this underworld network, so I'll go ahead and choose a life event of streetwise.
2: And and yeah, like you've got that table on one four six of sample events and sample hobbies and pastimes that have a D ten thing on there. Because again, you know, if you're a new, if you've got brand new players. And let's be honest, we've all been there. Either we've been at the receiving end or you've had players just like, I do not know what to do. There are too many choices. I don't have a feel for this. It can just roll and it lets them come up. And then the the character emerges randomly, uh, organically from these random choices, a bit like playing Warhammer Fantasy roleplay where you fully randomize your character. Um, So it adds an element of that which, you know, is never been present in a vampire game. Uh, previously and i think just helps again speed up the process where you hit a roadblock
0: i i also like the uh um games that give you a lot of rolling mechanics because it gives you a chance to play something like i mean i'm the kind of guy who just gets, gets stuck in a rut and i play the same thing over and over again you know and I, I love one thing i love about osr games is you can like roll die and then it just kind of tells you what to do and that's a challenge you know what i'm saying so you, it's not the same thing that you always just choose to do you know
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So my my life event is I did a a, a performance uh, performance piece uh, in like, or well, I guess w- whatever city it was. Uh, basically, he stealthed into a very public uh, square and then uh, performed in such a way that the graffiti. It, it ended up being his graffiti piece, but it looked like he was actually supposed to be there. So that was
2: <laughs> like, oh, sure, yeah.
1: Like it was an official city event or whatever. But in actuality, he was, you know, tagging it the way he wanted to. So that was one I, of his I th- think. Go ahead.
0: I think my, my life event is that I got involved in drugs, like heavily involved in drugs. And uh, so I get like some streetwise points and some larceny points. I'm going to give myself some larceny points.
3: So for mine, I think what I'm going to do is he saw his college roommate get the shit beat out of him by the cops. And that kind of turned him from this, you know, kind of like straight edge tie. Like, I'm going to go to business school to like turn in the corner to fight in the man. Cool.
2: So, yeah, once you've got all your dots done i mean we've done life events you've got hobbies we have our wow. leisure skill yet
0: we still have to yeah. do a leisure skill i haven't cho- have you guys chosen a leisure, leisure no. skill
1: it's three leisure skills at one dot so three ho- at
0: one okay
1: hobbies hmm. hobbies and other pastimes
2: <laughs> i love the lister here right you've got marathon runner athletics obviously gamer technology okay you have basic knowledge of technology uh, maker yeah activist cool national guard meaning you have some basic training in firearms uh, a hunter that's survival actual musicians you've you know you've dabbled in performance i love how you get subterfuge cheating on your spouse you like. <laughs> jesus christ um uh, oh uh, All right, night well. school academics and street racer for drive so you can go full um fast and furious with your character um yeah Cool. I'm going to
0: say uh, that, you know, to be an influencer, you have to at least have one dot performance. Uh, And then I'm going to say that my parents were well-to-do, and they forced me to go to college for a little while, so I have one dot in academics. And then I kind of have, I don't really know. You know what? I'll just say, uh, uh, you know, when you're um, someone like me, you have to sneak around a lot anyway, so I'm just going to go stealth. And that's not so much being dexterous as much as knowing how to get out of a hotel without somebody observing you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, moving,
2: moving through a crowd, moving through a crowd, yeah, and, and that type of thing.
0: Exactly, exactly. Being being um, unobtrusive in a certain way, being uh, knowing how to take your flamboyance and to dial it back into uh, something that is easily overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, cool. What about you guys?
1: Uh, I'm thinking like I have a dot in politics because I you know feel like he's a uh, you know he has just enough knowledge about politics to to be uh, actually aware of what he's doing is a political act and uh, technology so he can spread his word and then drive so he can get to other cities so he can <laughs> he can uh, uh, tag more elsewhere so.
3: Yeah, so I took I, I took the dot of academics for the college, obviously, and then I for the rest of it, the other two I took brawl because you know if you're going to be out in the streets, you got to be able to rumble a little bit. Of course, a little bit of firearms when cool. brawling not enough.
2: And then you've got your extra skills. So you've got like uh, what? How many here? Three. Now uh, go ahead and take those skills you had your eye on this whole time. Pick one option of below. So if you can be a specialist, take one, uh, take one more skill at four dots. Uh, so this can be, if you like, you can change your professional speciality to this, uh, to this, to a speciality of this skill. Uh, so. Uh, you cannot move a free specialty from academics craft or performance or science to a different skill however so it basically saying like if say it's representing the fact that your character may have trained one way but then changed profe- uh, profession and that's where the speciality goes to instead uh, and then or your other, other option is you choose instead to be a generalist and instead you take two more skills at two dots and four more skills at one dot so again, it's balancing a bit there because clearly, if you're being a generalist, um, you're not going to have the speciality, and you're going to have uh, a, a lot more skills that aren't quite as good as one person that's got like one skill at four dots. So you know, see so how you go with that. So
0: um... all right, well, I'm going to go ahead, and because I didn't know this it was available to me until now, I went ahead and did some switching. So I went ahead and put. My two dots in etiquette from something else. I moved something. I can't remember what. I got to look at it. And then I went ahead and made myself a specialist in finance. Oh, absolutely. I'll just give myself four dots in finance so that I'm like rich AF. I got to figure out. Let's to make sure I got that right. What about you, Richard? What are
1: you doing? Um, so I'm going to be a, a generalist because I feel like I need some more stuff here. So I definitely – I'm going to get two dots in Larceny. I'm going to get two dots in uh, Subterfuge. Um, I'm going to get two dots in uh, – no, wait. That's four skill. Okay. I'm, I am oversubscribed. Uh, one dot in Subterfuge. Two dots in, in uh, Streetwise. Okay. Um, two dots in larceny and then I think and then one dot in animal kin because yeah that would make sense
0: <laughs> Th- this is more fun than the old way i like this more this is more fun than the old way It's so this-, this builds this builds a more well-rounded character
2: well you're, thinking- you're not fucking around with maths the maths is already built into this method so you're not messing around with that
1: plus the fact that you're like thinking more about your character would do as opposed to what these numbers say because it's broken out into individual like sectors of things so
2: right right i I I like this is also more like building the person first before you build the vampire so it's like having that template overlaid on top which happens next which has always
1: been my preferred way of doing this anyways so yeah
0: All right, Sal. So, what's next? Oh, did you get to do it, Paul? Did you get to yeah?
1: Yeah, I
3: think I accidentally took one too many, so I've got to I've got to go back here and make sure I'm not inadvertently cheating here. But I picked up some technology. I also went with the generalist route. Um, I bumped up by academics a little bit. Um, The I took some technology again. I think not like a crazy amount because I don't want to step on your niche there that you're doing, but like you know a little bit of texting and twittering um and picked up some drive and some brawl there but i've got to make sure i, I think i've got one too many here so i'm gonna to have to take something off
2: okay don't worry about it i mean it's only a dot most probably no one's uh no one's gonna care about the maths because the masks We don't care about masks because the points don't matter. <laughs> Much like uh, whose line is whose it? Whose anyway? line is it anyway? <laughs> the points don't matter. Uh, no one's keeping score anyway. Uh, right. So this is where we get to do some fun shit uh, on top of these characters. Now we're gonna start like essentially applying our vampire template to the character. So, uh, we're going to choose our disciplines. So, choose two of your clan disciplines. Uh, so, Ooh. each clan each clan has three disciplines which are inherently uh, good for them. They easily learn disciplines that fall within those classes. Uh, I say powers that fall within the pla- uh, those classes. You put two dots in one and one dot in the other. Uh, there's some rules if you're kaitiff, which we're going to ignore, and there's some rules if you're thin blood that we're going to ignore. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, if you're La Sombra, you've got uh, you've got. Optonibration um, is now classed under whatever it's called now. I can't remember what the discipline name is that's called for it. Uh, for Christ's sake. Um, uh, but yeah, to find it. Uh, there's a big summary sheet on one five two. So we've got disciplines of animalism, uh, obviously dealing with animals, or specs, extrasensory awareness, blood sorcery, doing blood sorcery, celerity, uh, dominate, fortitude, obfuscate, potence, presence, protein, uh, thin blood alchemy. Uh, and uh, if you're playing a, it's oblivion that the La Sombra, <laughs> yeah, oblivion, of course, of course, because <laughs> be uh. So, and if you're a classic V20, uh, you know, classic vampire player, uh, things to know if you're playing anything from uh, the the Sombra book, the Hakata, uh, you're playing anything from Cults of the Blood Gods, so that's the Hakata. If you're playing anything from uh, the Anarch book, so you're playing the Setai, or as I now know, industry you may go oh, oh, but, uh but uh where's where's my uh where's serpentus that was my extra special <laughs> snowflake uh, discipline well here we go uh w- wait for my wonderful rant okay so here we go um disciplines don't exist okay disciplines are are basically a venn diagram of of powers that fall into kind of do certain things similar but no vampire is going to run around going oh well i use my discipline of celerity and i'm using this exact power and i'm going to teach you this they don't do that they don't talk about their powers in that way they talk about i'm going to teach you how to like move faster and you're of the same blood as me so this should come easily to you and as you get faster you'll learn to be also more dexterous or they may teach you like well only can you change—you're you're one of Clan Gangrel. Like, not only can you shapeshift into a wolf and other animals. Um, I can teach you once you get more powerful, once you've learned the innate power of your blood. At a later date, we could re-examine that. And you know, for some favors, uh, I can teach you how to shapeshift into a gaseous form uh, and slip through things. They're not going to call it. Ah, oh, I'm going to teach you the power of gaseous form it's not dnd um likewise that's why serpentus doesn't exist because many of the powers in serpentus were either actually a protein power a shape-shifting power or a dominate power so dominate is now an amalgam power which is so this is something you'll come up with disciplines is there are amalgam powers that are basically represent using one discipline with another to get some special power effect out of it so like eyes of the serpent from from classic vampire is actually dominate plus Protean, where you get the steak eyes to make people do stuff um likewise uh the hakata uh who are the classic kind of giovanni and all the clans of death uh their sorcery their necromancy sorcery is an application of essentially oblivion as a blood magic rather than oblivion as the tonobration kind of um discipline powers uh so yeah, that's my rant over. Disciplines don't exist. Um, they're just powers, and we classify them for game purposes.
0: Which is better. It's a better outcome for the game, because it always seemed kind of weird, and you could tell that at the end of, like, uh, V3, they were, like, really struggling with, like, what was the difference between necromancy and um, optinibration, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and and really, and really, you're very right. There was so many things that was were, like, uh, so similar. They were just, like, different versions of the same thing. Uh, And was it really necessary to like have a completely different like discipline thing uh, uh, to to do essentially something similar where it's like, oh, I'm a fucking sedite, so I got to spend a bunch of points to be a snake and a fucking gangrel can spend the same points and just be a wolf. I mean, it it didn't make sense. And and so this is this is much better. I like this a lot more. Now, can we just choose any any discipline powers uh, or do we have specific clan ones now?
2: Ah that's a that's a very um so you've got you've got your clan disciplines you can pick from so you get two dots in one and one dot in the other and when you spend your two mm. dot in your discipline when you spend the first dot you pick one of the level 2 level the each level has multiple powers associated with it in a discipline they might have anyway so when you spend your first dot in a discipline you go well i'll take this level 1 power or i'll take this level 1 power when you spend your second dot in a discipline you can pick to take a level 2 power and there might be an option certain options there or you can take one of the other level 1 powers you've not taken already cool. so so, so- uh, for let's let me just flip through and find a quick example of a power that is like that uh, so, so, do we with... get,
0: so when we when we start out, do we get two dots or two powers in our? Initial... So you've
2: got so in your first, you pick one of your clan disciplines and uh-huh. it gets two dots spent on it, and then you get Ooh. another discipline of your of your clan disciplines with one dot in it. Okay. So so uh, let's let's take the example uh, on the page. Let's go with Bruja, because Paul's playing Uh You've got Celerity, potence, or Presence, so you can put two dots in one of those and one dot in the other. And then if you take your celerity, for example, and say if I was building it, I was spending my two dots, I would go, okay, I spend one dot. That means I can choose my level one power, Cat's Grace, or Rapid Reflexes. Then for my second dot in that discipline, I could either choose to take the other level one power that I haven't bought already, or I could choose the the level two power of Fleetness.
1: So this really customizes your character compared yeah. to the other one.
2: <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah. Cause there were only ever one power per level. And well, I also
3: like, then you can have multiple people with the same, I'm making air quote, the same discipline that have that expresses it in very different ways. Like not oh, everybody yeah. has the same thing. That's really, that's a really nice piece of design.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think they've clearly learned in V5 from the work of uh, Rose Bailey on uh, Requiem Second Edition is that no, no power should ever be invalidated by a higher level power in that discipline tree. Right,
1: so it's always useful, which yeah. is, yeah, that yeah. was definitely. Not yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you would think that that would make in- intuitive sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So I went ahead and chose, as much as I like, one. Because I'm always like, oh, I'm doing it's so cool, I love the Sombra. Um, I went ahead and only took one dot in Oblivion, and uh, I went with Shadow Cloak, which is a bit more um, practical and a little less supernatural. I feel like our coterie that we're making here is kind of a little bit more gritty and a little bit more street level, and a little less kind of the high fantasy, kind of dark fantasy that you see in Vampire sometimes. And so then my uh, other clan discipline is Dominate. I went ahead and took two... Two dots in that, and then that makes me choose two powers, right? So, or, or you have, do I get one dot, two powers? How, how many how
2: many dots are you putting in to dominate?
0: Just, I mean, I, how many dots do I get? <laughs> so I, use, uh, I choose two powers, right? Yeah. So yeah, okay. So I take one dot and dominate, and I take two powers.
2: So uh, no, 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 no. So you've got what? So what? Your Sombra disciplines are uh, Oblivion, Oblivion, dominate, and Fortitude. Potence Potents. Okay, so which one of those disciplines do you want to put two dots in?
0: Dominate. So I am taking putting two dots in that Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then which one do you want to put one dot in?
0: One dot in oblivion.
2: Okay, so then in dominate you can choose two powers, and either the way you pick Uh... them is is two level one powers, or one level one and the and one level two power.
0: Ooh, what do you think is better I, I like how dementation is a dominate power now by the way that's an obfuscate or uh, uh
2: is that not so uh, yeah 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 uh yeah uh dementation is a dominate amalgam uh with oh. obfuscate from for the malkavians so oh, do, uh, dementation, dementation as an as entire discipline tree is gone uh because again thank God. dumb
0: uh, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just take uh, two of the uh, level one cloud memory and compel. Both sound like perfect for my character anyway. So perfect. Done. Done.
3: So for mine, I went with the two dots of presence, and I went with both of the level one powers because I think it fits real well with the punk. You've got the awe for when you're just you know you're up there playing and jamming and getting everybody's attention, and then you also have the dawn for when the uh, which I the way I read it is basically the exact opposite of awe, of so when you're out on the street and you know the riot cops are coming at you, you can just you know
2: get out of here. Yeah, and so. it's it's never a bad thing to choose two level one powers with when you you're spending two dots into it because again, uh, often when you activate these powers or um, the potence of the power essentially is based off the rank in that discipline. So having two level one powers, but being fueled off two dots in that pa- in that discipline tree is pretty damn good.
3: Well, and then for mine, like I was reading the second one, which the second level power for present, which is Lingering Kiss. And the way I read it is, is basically it's making your bite addictive. Do I have that yeah, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that,
3: and that seems to kind of go against the whole, like, punk, fr- like, you know, it get, seems to go against the whole punk freedom mythos, so...
2: Yeah. And the, the when a vampire kiss, uh bites someone, it's it can be a uh euphoric experience for the person being fed upon. If it's consensual, if they're fighting against you, it may not be unless you uh, so this this ability for you obviously makes that a lot easier. Uh but yeah, once everyone's picked their discipline uh we're on to predator type. And this is I think where we really get into what, what kind of asshole your vampire is. Um <laughs> Uh, so, it, as it says, it's like you pick your predator t- your predator type, and when you do so, you add one of the listed specialities. you get for free one dot in the listed discipline. So this may also mean you, you can move one of your disciplines up to three dots and thus gain a new power, either at level one, level two, or level three. Uh, or you can obviously increase the discipline from one to two, and apply any associated advantages and flaws. So these are all on 175. I can't remember if in some of the books there might be some new predator types, but I think we will be well served with the ones that are in the core book. I've actually homebrewed some extra ones that you can find online which are like... uh, uh, what was on Typhoid Mary? Uh, basically, a, um, a vampire that feeds on people who are infected uh, to infect them or are infected. So it's kind of like a specialized Ventrue but also is good for other characters. Um, uh, I had also one which was like, uh, I think basically everything about making drive a focus because your character feeds bo- um, you know, on people and then disposes of them uh, in their car uh, wherever they want. So it was pretty brutal. Uh, so, yeah. Prototypes we've got is alley cat Essentially you're a mugger And uh that's Useful uh bagger means You steal and buy or otherwise uh, acquire cold blood rather Than hunting so this means that you Could be a vampire of such Low generation uh You can feed on um You can feed on bagged blood Uh blood leech Is where you drink from other vampires Cleaver um it's a bit weird because it, it, the terminology cleaver means you understand the whole uh, beaver cleaver, sitcomy show thing. basically means you 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 have a family that you're associated with a mortal family and you feed from them. Uh, consensualist uh, essentially means that uh, you never feed against people against their free will. Uh, a farmer, you feed on animals. Uh, Osiris is you are a celebrity. Uh, Sandman means you feed on people when they're uh, asleep. Uh, Scene Queen is essentially you're well uh, linked into uh, some sort of social subculture. And Siren means you're highly seductive.
0: All right. I'm just going to go ahead and take Scene Queen.
2: Yep. So Scene Queen gives you uh, you take a speciality, either etiquette, leadership or streetwise.
0: Mm, I'm going to go ahead and
2: choose
0: streetwise.
2: And then you gain one dot of either Dominate or Potence. Ooh, wow. So what's really cool about this is it can lead you to gaining disciplines outside of your clan disciplines.
0: You know what, I'm going to go ahead and take the Potence. I'm just going to kind of round it out. It's actually kind of working.
2: And then you gain the advantage, Fame, you gain the Contact Advantage, so you've got a contact you can, you know, flesh out and give them a name and a uh, everything, And then you can gain Either the influence floor Or the feeding floor So either you are disliked outside of your subculture Or you have a prey exclusion So you don't feed from people Outside of your subculture So that's a bit like being one of the Ventrue But, you know, it's specific to you Yeah, uh, exactly So, uh, Paul, what are you thinking? I guess Potentially Alley Cat works But Osiris is also It depends how f- how well known your your um, punk is? Well, see, I was
3: actually thinking either the consensualist or the farmer, and where I'm coming from that is there's a there's actually a strong strain of veganism that runs through punk.
2: Yeah, I, I
3: think both of those feed well with that. I mean, farmer is obviously one removed from it, but it's still that idea of like empathize, you know, trying to separate your food further down the food chain from you, I guess, for lack of a better word, which. And that could, be, that
2: could be a cool thing to role play through at a later point. Obviously, for your character, when they maybe as advance in age and uh, blood potency, they clearly have it a harder time uh, feeding on animals. To the point that they are driven to feed on humans. Uh, obviously, these 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 are archetypes that make sense for your character when they start out. They can clearly, obviously, veer. Heavily away from these in gameplay and with XP. It just gives you a, play, a starting point to give you an idea of where your vampires come from. So, yeah, go with Farmer. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. So, it's going to give you, uh, let's see, uh, you cannot pick this predator type if your blood potency is three or higher. Okay, so caveat warning as well. Uh, if you are a classic vampire player and have not looked at v- V5 at all, uh, characters have generation. But it's not the only thing that measures how powerful your character is with doing blood magics and disciplines and so forth and boosting their stats. Uh, If you're a certain generation, you have a window of blood potency that you increase within. So uh, it's basically stolen from Vampire the Requiem. Uh, So a lower generation vampire... uh, Sorry, not lower generation. A higher generation, younger vampire. So not younger, but like Generation 13 can only have can only reach say i can't remember off the top of my head maybe blood potency uh three or four but a vampire of a of that is closer to kane closer to kane if kane is a real vampire um can achieve higher blood potency and when and when a vampire goes into torpor uh their blood potency will thin and that and blood potency is what measures whether you can feed on animals or humans, or you're driven to feed exclusively on other vampires. I have a question going back to the to the feeding type, the predator
3: type. When it says like add a specialty, if you don't already have a dot in one of those, do you gain a dot in that, or
2: uh, if you don't have a dot in that, then you can't take that specialty?
3: Oh, oh well, uh, then I need to rearrange some things.
2: Uh, yeah, you could always just move a, a dot there uh, to uh to make use of it i will do that
1: yeah see i'm I'm trying to I, it's hard for me to like i mean i like this idea a lot i'm trying to find what exactly i would be do, you know what javier would what type of uh predator he would be and i mean i was it was like well Sa- sandman sounded interesting but i was like well is he really that kind of person i don't, I don't think he's necessarily that kind of person and like uh consensualist you know sounds very much like the the uh you know hey are you into this i'm you're into this okay now you know f- feed off you but like and then and then i don't know i'm trying to <laughs> all these kind of could work and all these don't necessarily work as well as they would like so um see alley cat is kind of a but he's He's so his composure is so low that I don't know if he could really wait uh in a, you know find somebody and like you know stock them and like take them out uh, take them I think we'll just go with uh I think we'll just go with farmer because that that seems like an interesting um uh interesting choice
2: so. yeah so that that again means you know you're quite happy feeding on. Animals, rats, dogs—whatever you find. Yeah, but remember, this is just this is just a starting point. This may represent how your character started off pr- primarily feeding when they were first embraced, and then obviously as time goes on, they uh, they adapt and change their their methodology.
1: Oh, is is humanity still uh, composure plus resolve or?
2: Uh, no humanity will start at seven all characters but it will change depending upon choices you make so example for farmer your humanity will go up i think there might be somewhere yeah exactly like alley cat your humanity starts lower off because obviously you're more happy with beating the crap out of people um and also, the important thing is with, with these, these uh, predator types, they aren't the way your character exclusively hunts and feeds, but are uh, they just give you an idea generally of of a method they use.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's it's definitely set up to help people bring them into the this idea of playing these monsters.
2: So. Yeah, exactly.
1: And we
3: get the we get the particular power, one particular power for the one we get from the predator type as well, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. So if you pick farmer, you can choose you get one dot of either animalism or protein. And again, when you take that dot, it may mean you gain that that's your first dot in it, or it may be your second or third, and you get to pick a a new power from that discipline, either a level one, a level two, or a level three, depending upon how many dots you've now achieved in it. Yeah, I'll. And I really like this method because it does mean you start getting dots in disciplines that fit the history of your character rather than you go, well, I've got my silver katanas and I've got my, uh, my uh, ivory and ebony hand, uh, uh, you know, uh, grips on my pistols. Uh, I'm going to clearly choose celerity, potence, and whatever else so I can you know, gun people down without thought. Uh, this, this does steer you actually thinking well how does your character feed and and how do they do it in a way they feel is safe because vampire fifth edition's feeding is very um and, and thus how blood po- blood is is uh is tracked is not something you can uh micromanage there is no 10 blood points and you keep topping up every so often that is that is not something easily done
0: yeah and thank god that's over cuz that was terrible That was one of the worst things about
2: the entire game
0: So has everybody
2: picked a predator type then?
0: Yeah Yep. Okay great, so we're on to advantages then
2: So we're on to advantages You've got 7 points in advantages I would immediately say uh, Knock that all down to 6 points So that you've got some points in your coterie pool Uh, So you you commit A point each, because I think that's fair
0: So so So, we uh, In order to get the coterie we need 4 points, right?
2: Uh, to get the coterie thing, you need four points. There's already three points in the coterie pool, uh, so, so you need. I'll just go someone... ahead
0: and add another one in, and then I'll just go down to five points. How's I, that?
1: Uh, yeah, that was kind of okay. that was kind of my move too. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm good with that too. So we we can all do it, or I don't know how yeah.
2: you can do it to as much or as little as you want. I mean, it's up to the group. It's going to give you uh, a group, uh, obviously a group. Uh, pool of resource that you'll have to use, thanks to the coterie type.
0: Yeah, uh, and yeah, then knock so that... it down, then, and that way we can like put more points into the coterie stuff.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then obviously you get to spend your advantages, and there is a whole rafter of things you can spend them on. Some of these you will already have from your predator type. So let's just quickly give uh, a list of things. There are merits uh, of. Even related to linguistics, that relate to your looks, uh, that relate to substance abuse, that relate to being archaic, uh, that relate to being bonded, uh, feeding. And you'll find that these lists have uh, flaws or they also have advantages. So um, yeah, right now we're looking at spending points of the advantages. uh there's some thin blood merits which you can't take because you're not thin blood. And then there are also backgrounds. So you can see in the backgrounds there's some examples like if you bought, say, a ally, you can spend points into that ally and it might go, oh, they're gifted. And there's an example of a gifted one and you get to define who that mortal is. That, that is a, an ally. They could be, say, a computer hacker. They could be a, um, uh, a police officer who is you know, a bent cop who works for you. Um, And then there's Influence and Heard and Haven. Uh, The Haven one is mostly quite is close and and Heard closely related to your coterie type as well. So you've got that type of stuff.
0: This is one of the places where the book kind of starts falling apart for me the way that it's put together because it just especially I mean part of it is that coming from the old game this felt really counterintuitive the way they've laid it out. But It's also really hard to find stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like all this, like the way that they go, okay, so you go advantages, looks, right? And then the first thing, because it's called an advantage, it says looks, and the first thing they list is two flaws, and the first one is repulsive and ugly, and you're just like, wait, what? I thought this was an advantage called looks. Why am I seeing two things that are obviously disadvantages, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And and, and then then underneath it, you see the advantages, and you're just kind of like, guys, what were you doing here, you know?
2: Yeah, it's not intuitively like laid out. It should have said advantages and disadvantages. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, know. That, that's not. It's not one neat word, single word to uh, to to uh, encapsulate it all. So, um, yeah.
0: I'm gonna be beautiful. Woo! I'm very beautiful, guys. Deal with it.
2: <clears throat> uh, let's see, because once you've done that, what else is there to be mindful? of? Um, oh the rest is all really easy after that Um,
0: oh yeah There's not even really as many like backgrounds As you, I guess there actually are There actually are, now you mention it Um, I'm already Famous, maybe I'll be a little bit more famous Yeah I'll be two dots famous
2: So I really like, if you get stuck on Where to spend a point of One of your floors, I really like the Fact there's the mythic barracks And floors, so you can gain like a folkloric Bane, uh like, you know, you're harmed by ultraviolet light or um, you're harmed by holy water. Or say, uh, the other one is like folkloric block. So, for example, you can't cross, uh, you can't go into a house uninvited. So, you can really tailor your vampire to be to fit kind of some classic uh, vampiric lore. Then I'm going to go
0: ahead and take a haven. I'm going to. Two dot haven.
1: Nice. I took- Sick. Yeah, I took uh, bonding, uh, bond resistance, and uh, a, a mask. So I took each one of those at one dot, and see it. that means I have three more dots to spend. Uh, Mala, that's interesting. Use.
2: Yeah, that's a fairly new one. Uh, that means you've got some elder, uh, elder who.
1: Who gives a shit? Tr-
2: <laughs> this is shit about you.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, this was the old mentor, right? I was no it's one,
1: mentor, yeah.
0: Yeah, no yeah. one ever took mentor, but by reframing it as mala, it um, actually makes it feel a little bit more natural. The way that they explain the mala like uh, feels more like an in-game artifact than the old mentor, where you were kind of like. I mean, first of all, we're like twenty. Most of us here were born. I, I hope all everyone here was born in the twentieth century. And like the the, the, mm-hmm. the cycle of mentorship and how that worked had, had largely kind of fallen apart by the time we were, you know, adolescents and aware of such things. So we didn't really understand like mentor relationships. That didn't make any sense to us. Like, are you our boss? Are you our dad? Are you our teacher? What? Who are you? What the fuck is a mentor? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Mala kind of makes more sense in game as a vampiric concept of like, no, I'm the vampire who teaches you how to be a fucking vampire, and like I have some stake in that, so I need you to fucking do shit for me. But you have some stake in that, and that you this is like a weird world, and you don't want to fuck up too much. And if you do, you might get killed. You know what I'm saying? So they're not, um,
2: they're not necessarily uh, even your uh, your sire, uh, which is a good thing.
0: Right, right, yeah, I dig it, I dig it It's just kind of like uh, uh, the, the way that they framed the relationship Is so much easier to roleplay You know, because, I don't know some, Something about, like, having a background Called, like, uh, mentor Always made it seem like it had to be some Like, kindly old man With, like, a beard, and he was gonna be like Come sit at my feet, and I shall read to you From the Book of Nod, or something And you're like, mm, I, I don't know But this Mala thing, the way it works is much more uh, in-game. I love it.
2: So, yeah, you'll have, um, as you're going through that, I'm sure you've mostly worked out which floor you want to take for your character as well, or flaws, because you've got two dots to spend in total. Oh, no. Um, what should my flaw be? Uh, if you're a punk, you might have, floor is destitute, you have no money and no home. Don't work. Uh, uh, Or uh you might have adversary uh, a rival neonate uh you could have a dark secret um you know you owe someone some debt or maybe got a mortal uh lover who you have to keep uh secret or else other people would use it against you um stuff like that it's uh oh, and the other thing is is that you can't in this in this character creation you can't just go i'm gonna take x number of points of flaws just so i can get enough points to spend <laughs> on an attribute it's like go fuck yourself yeah. that's gone
0: thank god thank god and i was noticing that like i sit here and i look at it and i have I'm, I'm done now i went ahead and took uh obvious predator which i thought would like create some kind of like interesting internal dissonances with some of the um like character archives i've taken um but like i have seven points of of merit Type things, right? Which is nice. I mean, that was the old magic number, right? And then I have three points of flaws, and that you know what? That's really balanced. That works really well. Uh, you know, this feels really good when you're looking at the when you're looking at the sheet. It's uh, it's pleasing to the way that you think of your vampire character. Am I right?
2: Yeah, I I like it. It works. It's I've I've put together groups of uh, you know, player groups together using this rapidly. Brand new people to Vampire to World of Darkness really quickly. Um, and, you know, it's really quick to make, uh, you know, um, pre-generated characters for demos. Like, you can just go through this and create, you know, classic archetypal uh, you know, archetypal kind of characters that fit a demo.
1: If you get a flaw from your prayer type, does that mean you also have to have two more points of flaws?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> Just making sure because I'm I'm trying to find two more points of flaws and it's kind of uh, so, ooh. <laughs> uh
2: yeah. Like uh, I, I one of my favorite flaws I I kind of really like is um I say like but is clearly you could then replicate the uh, Nagaraja. is it ngaragra? Uh is organovore. So you can only slake your hunger by eating human flesh. I, <laughs> yeah, I, nice. I, I read that nice. and I was
1: like ooh uh, maybe not this character but <laughs> I could definitely see a lot of people taking that flaw just for the gross out factor
0: there was some of that in Requiem too uh, eating yeah. eating flesh I think it's always been a mystery in the uh, VTM stuff whether the J's are hard J's or soft J's yeah and they've never they've never let us know you know they've never let us know if we're supposed to be kind of um uh, in like intuiting a kind of latin accent or a latinized kind of accent into the l's and into the j's and like being uh from the american southwest you know we look at these and we um we intuit like these soft j's and these soft l's um and then you're like well what, what, what is it you know we, we still don't know you know if, here it is like fucking 30 years later we still don't know
2: it really depends upon where the, the words uh entomology is so Bruhar being you know very Spanish, Latin, yeah, yeah.
0: Me, and literally was, Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when, I, when I was a kid, I worked in a video store, and I had this La Sombra T-shirt, and it, like it, it came to my attention that the words La Sombra means the shadow, right? And I and I had this uh, this uh, customer that would come in. He was a friend of mine, spoke Spanish, and I said, "Dude, does my shirt say the shadow?" And he goes, "Yeah, but it's written stupid." <laughs> <That was nice. laughs> And I was like Yes it is Yes it is So alright we gotta do convictions and touchstones Now is that right?
2: Uh, Yeah that's on page 172 Uh, So uh, Yeah so Okay so basically this is Convictions uh, for the game It falls really into Two bits There's The convictions are about how you are going to play your Character and uh, as it says If you violate these um, you gain stain so it's really about what things really uh, are taboo for your character and will cause them to uh, really descend in their humanity so there's a whole list there you can come up with some other ones which are awful but you know these are are the the pure list of them like you may consider slavery as evil you may consider uh, reject the wealth for it corrupts uh, you always aid women in need you always say you you never feed on children Those type of things so that really just helps round out like because humanity let's be honest humanity in classic vampire was completely shit it really gave you no true guidance on what the character was so using convictions you can really figure out your character's philosophy uh also if you want to replicate say some of the, the things like if you were trying to if you wanted to say use v5 to replicate um dark ages vampire which is a classic wonderful game actually a better interpretation of classic vampire uh is um (laughs) is uh you can use the convictions to replicate the the roads that were in vampire the dark ages so that's the conviction so you just have to pick three for your character uh and as it says if you violate it you incur stains um so stains are basically, if you violate if you violate uh, you, get a, you get a dash through one of your em- empty humanity boxes. So if you've got humanity three, you've got three empty boxes. Whereas if you're, say, humanity five, you've got five empty boxes. And if you max out your empty boxes doing naughty things, you will then have to roll to see if you degenerate in your humanity. Also, important fa- uh, a really important point to note in the merits and flaws when you're doing that, did you see... Um, did you see anything at all that looked like having mental health conditions? The answer to that is no. no. <laughs> so the point is we should not trivialise mental health conditions in the way they used to be done. Uh, so you can't go, oh, I'm a bit weird. Ha, 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 ha. I have a little toy dolly with me. I'm a Malkavian. No, that's gone. Fuck that noise. Uh, so if you want to play someone that has a mental health condition in Vampire, of course, that's between you and your... your- players and your gm and that's a discussion to be had obviously if you do that you're not going to gain any extra bonuses advantages flaws in the game but obviously if it is an impediment to your character in game and it makes narrative sense the way you're role playing it and so forth then of course the gm should reward you with an xp point for the fact that your character say had post-traumatic stress uh condition which got triggered during a gunfight That makes sense. Um, So that type of thing. Uh, The other thing you'll note, guys, is that you've also got on the same page of 172, you've got Chronicle Tenants. So these are essentially a way of, um, you know when you sit down with a group of players, you're like, right, what is acceptable content in our game? This is a way to codify it in the game, and also there is a game penalty if you breach these as well. So if you notice, there's like, uh, let's say, uh, Humanist, Thou shall not kill, uh, you save in you, you save in self-defense. Uh so, sorry, save in self-defense. So you, you basically you're playing vampires, and you play it in a way that you go, well, no one's happy with us being murderers, okay? But we don't mind killing if we're pushed to do it. Uh likewise it says, Thou shalt not rape or torture, and it also says, Thou shalt not harm the innocent. So that means if you've got a group of players like that want to play that more kind of angel spike when he's good type vampires that is completely valid gameplay and you go these are our chronicle tenants this is how we're playing to it likewise if you're say more like a group of players that i have who know me and i know them and we're happy with these things we know what our lines not to breach are we might go with something a little bit looser where we want to maintain that the group doesn't backstab each other we might go with street code where they don't snitch on each other they don't kill they don't kill outsiders uh they respect each other and demand respect so this is really and you can cook up any kind of flavor of these it's just to ensure your group works narratively together so that no player gets offended as well
0: oh,
1: i
3: like yeah, that, they I built that this, in. Is,
0: this is really good Yeah, this is really good. And you said,
3: I think you said a minute ago that it's also mechanically reinforced.
2: Uh, Yes, Uh, Chronicle Tenants. Let's see. It does say, like, think if you breach it, uh, you get a stain. You, uh, remember that tenets only impose moral sanction and degeneration on the players when violated. If a player might generally risk trauma by playing a story featuring a given violation, the storyteller should either avoid that subject or invite the player to join a different troop. So again, it is, it's is—it's kind of also saying to players who, who, who acknowledge it, but then also say oh, screw it, I'm going to do this because my fun is more important than everyone else's. Then in-game, they will get penalized. They will gain degeneration.
0: And that always happens in vampire. Inevitably, inevitably, there's like the one guy who's like, like my character is like a ruthless hitman, and that's all I do is kill th- kill things. And you're like, hmm, yeah, exactly. gonna work pal.
2: So you should like have worked out for your characters' their convictions by by now, and what yeah, I'm for good. Your character, like you know. It's, it'll be fairly obvious, it should be fairly obvious through all the steps we've done already, and again give some extra flavour and understanding to the choices you've made and then once you've done that uh, and you've picked your Chronicle Tenant uh, which, you know, that's a discussion that might take a bit longer um, you know, given you've got your convictions, we've now got your touchstones. So you know that relationship map between the characters I said? Mm -hmm. Uh, We we may well have extended that map because you've got allies and henchmen and uh, dark secrets. You may have family members or lovers which your character is looking after. Those will add on to the character map. And then the next thing that adds on to the character map is your touchstones. So touchstones is entirely ripped from Vampire (laughs) the Requiem. And is essentially uh, what there are things that remind a vampire about, uh, their human values and, and reminds them to be human and how to live as a human. Uh, so, so they're, they're what allow them to connect, connect with their humanity. So these can range from, uh, they're, they're always people. though I do think in the new players guide coming out in next month, touchstones can begin to become things that aren't. But the point is there are things that remind you of your humanity. So let's go through a list. Uh, your surviving human spouse, lover or parent, uh, a human child or descend- descendant of your family line. I mean these are quite classic. A human who looks exactly like someone you loved in life. That's classic uh, that's classic Dracula there going on. Uh, a human you admired in life. a human related to someone you killed early in your unlife and someone you swore you didn't someone you, you realized you didn't have to kill and now you take great pains to look after that person and keep an eye on them. Uh, someone you have uh, someone that you have come to uh, recognise as a rare decent person in your life you know, uh, someone that works at a shelter or a priest, a nurse, a social worker etc. Someone who represents something you held during your life so it could be like a, a bookshop owner and in that bookshop he has a copy of a book that you had published that no one really cares about but it's there in the book and you know that book is there in the shop and you know it's looked after and you go in to just talk to the bookshop owner every so often um someone who got gar- so that's someone who guards and symbolizes something you give value to as well so it could be a building it could be uh, uh the caretaker of a of a of a grave uh it could be any of those type things uh, so that's how you pick your touchstones. Uh, and you pick... How many touchstones do you pick, does it say? Do you pick three? It
0: looks like you have to uh, balance them out with your uh, convictions.
2: convictions. Yes, yeah, so, like, so each. So that's the other thing. Each one of these, you should tie to, a, to one of your convictions. So they should really fit what that conviction represents. So, for example, one of my players had... Uh, they don't do harm to children. Uh, and they picked the they picked the um they picked a family member uh like their nephew who was a child and then another conviction was uh they maintained they they uh, respected faith uh in religion like in a particular region, religion so catholicism in this case and so their touchstone for that was the pre, was their parish priest who they would go to talk to uh secretively of course because the same character was a nosferatu so you can imagine this nosferatu with their hood up and uh, a hat on or something sneaks into the church at night uh to go to the confessional and can still talk to their priest and the priest knows they're like obviously uh living a life uh uh, you know, away from society, but obviously because they're a priest and everything respects that, that secrecy and just hopes that they're doing well and doing the right thing. And that really added an element to the character that wouldn't been there with just simple dots and flaws.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hear that. I, I went ahead and chose for my convictions. I said, one of my convictions is uh, nothing is more important than family and then my uh, touchstone will be my sibling. And I haven't decided what gender my yeah, sibling sure. is because I, I figure be something that will emerge in play. And my sibling, who is still a good person while well, I am a piece of shit.
2: Yeah. And yeah, you can, I think these things you can pick and you know, you're going to take a, a bit more time to think about. So we don't have to dwell on them yeah. right yeah, now.
0: Yeah. Touche, touche, do either of you guys have big ideas?
1: I know. Well, I, I, I want one. Go ahead. Go ahead i i don't really have any big ideas right now like i'm trying to i i kind of put in my convictions are stand up for the disenfranchised rob from the rich give to the poor thou shalt not torture so i'm trying to uh, he's a little setting up as kind of like you know having some you know a, a political like you know belief character but uh i haven't quite come up with any re real like touchstones for his idea you know I'm sure family yeah, so, would be in there somewhere, but I don't know.
2: <laughs> so yeah, this, well, this could be social workers and homeless people, or people that work at like um, uh, you know some charity organization, things like that. Those yeah. would all kind of work with that quite well. Yeah, there's an so.
0: option here, right, Chris, to uh, leave this blank and flesh it out in game, or am I conflating that with something else?
2: Um, ooh, let me see. It's. I mean, I would say there's no problem. Know, leaving yeah top blank. and because you might through the game narratively work out what those are uh it's quite difficult in character creation always to come up with such deep uh philosophical answers
0: right i mean um this is kind of where uh vtm as it exists now starts kind of pushing up against uh, a lot of pbta games where uh it's kind of like Well, do we want to decide all this in the front end, or should we let the game kind of expose to us what it is about? You know, there's a lot of what's kind of interesting is on this character sheet. There's a lot of defining what's going to be what the game is going to be about. But um, the way that these things often work is that sometimes the game shows us what it's going to be about. And I feel like, especially on this step, there's like a lot that you can you can leave blank. I probably wouldn't leave Chronicle Tenants blank, but but definitely, like, maybe uh, touchstones and convictions. I'd be, I would be interested in maybe saying, like, yeah, put something down, but it's malleable. As a GM, that just be my take.
2: And a lot of these decisions should also be in conjunction with the type of story that the players want to play and the GM wants to run. Uh, and and the themes and narratives that you want to to have emerge in gameplay, and also we should say about touchstones is that they're not something you should be weaponizing against your players. Like uh, they're great for narrative, they're great for adding flavor, and with the right um, consent, uh, you know they can be used as a story point. You know where if that person dies, it does have a does have repercussions on the on the on the vampire, but. You know, you shouldn't be outright being like, ah, ha, 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 I'm going to kill everyone that you care about <laughs> now. Like, go fuck yourself, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> Classic. Well, um,
0: yeah. I mean, it looks like it looks like uh, that's pretty much it, huh? I mean, we got uh, this got... sea of time thing, and it's like we could just say we're all 13th generation or something,
2: right? Pretty much it. If you're 13th generation, you have blood potency one. You might decide your neonates... So your 12th or 13th <laughs> generation, but your blood potency is one. But you also get some extra XP points that you can spend, and there's an XP table there. Or you can play neonates. Uh, but that's it. That is literally it. Obviously, there are new systems and uh, optional extras in um, in uh, the Camarilla book, in uh, in the Anarch book. Uh, there's also obviously the Sombra in, Char- uh, in Chicago by Night. Uh, there's cults of the blood gods, which brings in uh, both the Hakata, so that's the Giovanni, the Samadi, the Cappadocians, and I uh, can't think of the other one. Um, and is,
0: is, is there anything in Fall of London that's like technical, uh, or is it just is that all story?
2: That's pretty much all story. But there are things in most books which they do add. Which is at the back of the book of V five is you will find will find the law sheets. Now law sheets are like buying merits and flaws. So they're like they're like buying backgrounds again. But they're backgrounds that tie you into a specific part of the vampire the masquerade meta plot. So I'm going to choose one which is dear to my heart because i uh, obviously wrote on um, children of the blood which is about characters that are related to cults so i was thinking heavily about the different cults in vampire the masquerade and i love vampire the dark ages so the Kynite heresy is resurgent in vampire the masquerade so you could play a character who is a member of the Kynite heresy so you can buy background points and go well i've got now uh level three Knight Heresy, and you get everything else below it. So not only do you have uh, the storyteller will give you clues for understanding the K Knight Heresy and how to detect it. You've got Hand of the Heresy. You can take a total of three dots amongst allies, herd, uh, Marla, and and or retainers that represent your role within the city's uh, heret- heretical hierarchy of the K Knight Heresy. Uh, you've got Counter Inquisition. You can smell True Faith on a human. That's amazing, I think. And <laughs> and so you can detect people that have true faith, and that's quite good when you're up against uh, the Second Inquisition and its echelons, like SO13 and, and uh, the Society of Leopold and so forth. Uh, you've also got, say, Convention of, Hor- of Thorns. That represents the fact that you could play a character that has ties to the Convention of Thorns, like you you understand when it occurred, your sire was related to it. Uh Golgonda, obviously, you may be on the path to that. Uh Descendant of Helena, Descendant of Hardstat. Uh s- The Week of Nightmares, you survive the Week of Nightmares, which given we're getting the Ravnos in the players guide coming out in December, that's quite an important uh law sheet. Uh you know, there's a whole lot there. So they they really they're just specialized backgrounds, a very s- tie you into uh the meta plot of the story that's already happened in vampire the masquerade
0: i like those a lot i like those a lot because uh a lot of time especially when you're playing in a uh, game with a very sophisticated play group that has collected a lot of books or spent a lot of time reading them and is uh very well like learned on the meta plot and storyline etc people there's often this question of like what do i know and like what do i know about that and um uh Rather than adjudicating, spending a lot of time adjudicating, you can put stuff on your sheet that says, oh, I know specifically about that. Or it's just like, no, you don't know anything about that. You know, which is great.
2: And the other thing we've we've obviously not touched upon at all in character creation here is uh, the fact that you can play Thin Bloods and they have an entirely their own... They don't have disciplines, they have Thin Blood Alchemy, which allows them to get quite unique... Uh, abilities uh, by doing kind of this street alchemy uh, and they steal blood from people and stuff like that so you know, V5 as a book is is packed with a lot of things it's maybe not organised brilliantly in places but I think from what you've already done you three with your character creation I think we've already got a sense of who this group of characters are these vampires and what makes them stand out against each other
0: yeah absolutely what do you guys think
1: it- it's it's really I uh, like it. Yeah, there's it's great. There's a lot of, there's a lot of depth here that uh, we didn't even pl- we kind of dipped our toe a little bit into these characters because there's all sorts of other you know uh, I, li- I like that humanity is has it's somewhat like a trail of Cthulhu uh, uh, s- stability where there's sources of humanity kind of thing where you're you have somebody to talk to (laughs) that kind of keeps you grounded so yeah there's all kinds of stuff like that that's fascinating
0: yeah i think that if we had done like a like if we were sitting down for a real game and we were gonna like actually play it out and not just a like a session or a one-off or a three-off but like a, a whole chronicle we could really get into this and we could really have like a. A, a super detailed idea of what direction we were going right from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. What, what do you think? What do you think, Paul? What are your thoughts?
3: Well, I like, uh, on the character creation, the the big thing that stands out to me is that there's a lot of dials that you can tinker with with it, depending on your level of familiarity with the game and with role playing in general. So kind of like we were talking about when we were picking the skill set. They've, they've got the for lack of a better word, the training wheels there, and I use them myself with the, the making you think about where you're pulling skills from. So you're not just making a combat monkey or, you know, whatever. So it, it gives that, but it's also done in a way that, you know, if you if you're more familiar with it and you have a real firm idea of what you're wanting to do, you can kind of get away from that too. So I think it does a good job of giving you tools, but not forcing you to use them if you don't want to.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to look at it, I gotta say. I mean, one of the things that uh, about the book, I don't, I don't know if this is spoilers or what, but as I was reading it, I was kind of like, man, there's too many subsystems in this game. There's too many alternative systems. Like, like I mean, you can put that in the player's guide or supplemental material. I don't know why there's so many, like, options in this one core book. Just give me the game, you know? But you're really right. There are a lot of different kind of introductory techniques uh, baked right into the core rules, which is nice. I mean, that's you, you're, you're right. That's a, that's a good insight.
2: And that's the same with combat. So, like, when you get into the gameplay, like, the combat system can be very fast and fluid, or it can be a bit more like classic uh, vampires combat with a bit more granularity to it. And, yeah, depending upon what you're running, the scene you're running, you can veer one way or the other. And uh, that's a that's a good thing, having those options. I think... A lot of the pushback against V5 is just that it modernized a lot of things. It streamlined things. It got rid of uh, Snowflake discipline sets. And uh, it just makes it a bit... I I find it's more accessible. Uh, I certainly would not give someone V20 as their starting point to Vampire the Masquerade because V20 is a nostalgia edition kitchen sink. It's very good at what it does, but I don't think it's the best introduction to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other debate. Jesus, if we were doing an episode, I'd do a whole episode about that right now. But um, just suffice it to say, this was a really fun uh, character creation. And I think that it gave me like a lot of insight into the game. It definitely demystified the character creation because when you're just reading it on the page, and like I was saying, there's these kind of issues with the way that the layout is done, and it's kind of confusing and counterintuitive, And because they're giving you all these alternative systems in the middle of the regular systems, you're kind of thinking, what the fuck is this game about? What the fuck am I doing? Like, how do I even fucking do this? Uh, But actually just going through it, it's much easier. It's much more fun and um, than than it reads. You know what I'm saying? So there's definitely something here. I would definitely play this.
3: This this is good. The other one I... The other one I was just because I was looking at this lore sheet thing that we were talking about at the end that I think would be really good if you because I know there are people that play vampire that don't necessarily love the established vampire fiction that comes, you know, from the publisher. I think you could use that if you were homebrewing and you know, if you got five players, make up five of these lore sheets and just tell them like you're putting three points into lore or four points into lore or whatever, and then you just hand them their lore sheet. It's like here's this thing that you know about. And you're like the only one that knows about it and add to that entry. I, I, th- I think you could take that little lore sheet idea and really run with it as your own, as something homebrew, not necessarily the established vampire, you know, I'm making the air quotes again, sanctioned fiction.
2: Yeah, 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 sure. And I think uh, I think you can use what you're saying is is basically built off uh, the suggestions towards the tail end of uh, revised edition in the Storyteller's Handbook, which basically said there are no clans or there are no sets or uh, no uh, you know change up the clan discipline spreads uh, things like that. Um, uh, you can see, I mean, that all those changes and suggestions of how you can really make Vampire the Masquerade uh, more of a toolkit to run the vampire game you want. Uh, You can see in Requiem and thus you can see in Masquerade uh, you can again change things up. I think Masquerade, as it stands now, uh, you could quite readily uh, run a a game that replicates uh, the Vampire Chronicles of Anne Rice because the vampires that have no clans but they do have family trees and each vampire has a unique kind of set of, uh, you know, special ability combinations and i think this you could replicate most of that using this game and if you want to do that and do it it's fun
0: that's that is probably between the two of you kind of riffing on each other there that's probably like the best kind of highlight of this entire thing which is that like on some level they've created a system that you can uncouple from their story which was much harder before but this is like that's That's a really great innovation. That's a great insight that you guys have had. Well done, well done.
2: If you, I mean, put it really going far, you could, if you remove generation from your character creation here and you just have blood potency, uh, you're, you're basically halfway there using Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition to run Vampire the Requiem. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but you can also just run Vampire the Requiem, which
2: is also its own great game. <laughs> oh yeah, but you you get you get the you get some of the, the fun things like you get uh you again like people happily port over the hunger system from B five into Requiem now because it's really fun. Uh, the way hunger works, uh, I think it's yeah. one of the best changes. So yeah, there's lots to use. You know, just because it's got a green cover doesn't mean you can't use it with things that have got a red cover, and just because it's got a purply pinkish cover now. Uh doesn't mean you can't use it with uh, Requiem's, uh, you know, Requiem's head covers at all. You know, steal and use as you see fit. No doubt, no doubt. Exactly.
0: Well, dude, Chris, thank you for helping us out with this, man. Thank you for yeah, thank too. you. this. This was really fun.
2: That's all right. That was good fun to go through that. Uh, yeah, I've become more and more acquainted with Masquerade recently again. Um so yeah, I'm going to plug a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, by uh, so cults of the you know Children of the Blood is the next thing coming out soon from Onyx Path of V5 because they had Cults uh, of the Blood Gods came out and one of the stretch goals I think it was a stretch goal is what was originally called Faithless Undead but it's now called Children of the Blood and it's basically a book of NPCs. Uh, some of them. Are recognizable i i imagine maybe um as some are suggestions from backers some are brand new characters and they're all related to the cults that are in cults of the blood gods or they've got their own cults they are vampire cultists of some form uh yeah that's uh that was fun to write up uh for and uh obviously not vampire related um wrath and glory hardback is now should be available to order is going out uh to pre-orders so it should be in you know it should be in shops fairly soon uh because i've got my hard copy um
0: good yeah. good it's about time stoked stoked af for that and then uh of course your talents and uh that of mike and chig and crystal can be found on darker days radio you guys uh, yep. are publishing very regularly right now uh if you haven't if you haven't listened to darker days radio then you need to listen to dark days radio is there anything you want to say about
2: that uh yeah we, you know uh darker days radio is a show dedicated to reviewing books uh interviews with writers and creators and doing some original content obviously if it's a book which myself or crystal or or david whitworth has uh, written on or mike's written on or because we're writing on various things uh We will not be on that show while it's being discussed or we will not do a review and we'll mostly just talk about how you use the book because we like to be honest and upfront we are a free podcast, we are not uh, paid for any of the uh, promotion that we do Uh, and then we've got our Dark Hammer episodes which are basically the Worlds of Warhammer uh, RPG episodes where we talk about uh, Wrath and Glory, we talk about Warhammer fantasy roleplay, we talk about Age of Sigmar Soulbound uh, which is also a really great system uh, and then we've got soon we'll be doing the second episode once we once the show notes are ready for that of uh dread cassette which is where crystal and my partner sam uh those two talk about just horror media of a particular theme so the first episode we did was kind of lockdown horror like you know pandemic based horror and horror which has been you know horror movies that have been filmed during the pandemic where people were locked down in their apartments uh that was really quite interesting uh obviously you can buy stuff on uh, storyteller vault we've got a few pdfs up there which are all chronicles of darkness we're working on a few other things but you know paid actual paid freelance work comes first before doing stuff on the storyteller vault and then if you go over to gehenna gaming on their youtube you can find all our wrath and glory campaign let's play videos and we're currently running on Gehenna Gaming. Next week we do it every two weeks. Is our Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, campaign where David Whitworth is running for us? Um, what's he running? He's running uh, Enemy Within, the classic Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, scenario uh, campaign. Classic, very classic. That's-
0: all right, great, yeah, and then you can we, find yeah. uh, me and Richard and Paul on the next episode of Full Mill RPG, or maybe it was the last episode of Full Mill RPG. I don't know. Maybe depending on who, what time this goes up, we'll see. But we're talking about Vampire: of The Masquerade, 5th Edition. We're giving our kind of thoughts on the book and um, where it sits in the great kind of legacy of Vampire: of The Masquerade. So, uh, uh, Richard, Paul, Chris, thank you all for making the time to come out today and to and to play around with Vampire.
2: Oh, Thanks for, for having me. Was good fun.
0: And uh, we'll see you all guys soon. Have a good night.
2: See ya.